ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. I told you all about Jay Walker, his trek, and how I wouldn't blame him if he was asleep. And we said, is he is he going to make it? And got to tell you guys, he is right here. That's correct. I haven't seen you in this studio in a couple weeks. I know. It's been, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's just one more reason why Mardi Gras ought to be outlawed. Stop it. Stop it. Mardi Gras is amazing. But last week was Mardi Gras. The week before, um, I was on the road. You were on the road. Mm-hmm. And you were on the road yesterday. You yes, tired? I was. Tired? That's a heck of a one-day turnaround there. Yeah, we left at uh, 9.30 yesterday morning. Drove to Pensacola. Um, went to the team hotel. Did my uh, recorded my pre-game interview with Coach Marlin. Did uh, did a little bit of game prep, and then uh, went to the arena. Did the game, tore it down. Got home at about two twenty uh, this morning is when I pulled into the driveway. But um, Soul Town and Sirius XM um, that had you that had you moving. It had me moving, and and I was able to make it back. Good as a result. But I'll tell you what, when that alarm went off. It was, it was, here was the good thing. And of course, I've been up now for about an hour. When you have that little sleep and you get up, um, you got really, really good pipes. Now, my voice has come up a little bit, but it was really deep. Uh, yeah, no, right, right, I right. sounded like Barry White. Oh, yeah. We got it together, baby. Let me tell you something. Coming in on a, on a morning after, you know, you went, Maybe went hard in the paint a little bit in radio. On one, uh, one end of the spectrum, it's tough. And on the other end, it, it sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. But at any rate, you know, glad to be here. Glad to be visiting with you this morning. And, uh, well, looking forward to the next uh, 48 minutes or so whatever it is. I, I want to hit on something I just thought of that, you know, I was, I was talking about the game last night in, in hour number one and talking about Coach Marlin, talking about UL Georgia State. One thing I guess I hadn't thought about, and you were up close and personal, you might be able to speak to this. I asked if you were tired, right? Cajuns had played four games in five days. Georgia State had the bye. How much do you think that had an impact, if at all, last night? I I don't think it did because you had a day off after the first game. If, If you had had to go four games in four days, I, I think we would be talking about it, but you had a day off after the first game. They didn't look tired. No, they look they look pretty jacked up. Yeah, they, they no, I, I they didn't look tired at all. No, I don't think I don't think the extra game was was a factor at all. And that's probably why I hadn't even thought about it because it didn't it didn't look like tired legs. I mean, the big difference in the game last night, the three point shot with Georgia State was I mean, at one point in the first half. It's like are they like are they going to miss? And the answer was no. <laughs> you shoot 66.7% from beyond the arc, and you shoot 
you make double-digit number of threes, it's tough. And the Cajuns were 6 of 18. Like, I, I was talking to Coach Murph yesterday morning, and he pointed out turnovers, rebounds were going to be such a huge key. And when you look at the game last night, Cajuns had a few more turnovers than than Georgia State, but it wasn't like an overwhelming number. Free throws, um, Georgia State shot two more, but they only did that because late in the game, the Cajuns mm-hmm. were fouling a lot. And rebounds, I think it was like separated by one. So some of those things were somewhat even. It just, it was the big difference was the three-point shot. Let me Let me tell you this. If you'd come to me before the game and said, Brown and Williams are going to combine for 40, and the Cajuns are going to turn it over 10 times, my response would be, where are the scissors? Because they were going to cut down the nets. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. If you had told me that, that's how I would feel. I had also said. Georgia State is, I think, 13th in the country in forcing turnovers. Mm -hmm. They force 18 turnovers a game. The Cajuns had 10. And that was the thing that I was most concerned about was now they had done a good job of protecting the basketball in in their previous three games. But Georgia State's a different animal with the way that they play defense and the way that they they force turnovers. Um, 28% is what they shot in conference play from three-point range. They had 10 out of 15. You know what you do when that happens? You shake their hand and say, good luck in the tournament. I I can't sit here and point any fingers at... Well, if they would have done this, because look, some of those three pointers were contested, uh, and some of them, you know, they were they were off balance. I mean, that stuff happens, and 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 that's the way I look at last night. Stuff happens. I I was disappointed, and I was really disappointed for a great group of young men because they're great, great, great kids. Very disappointed for them. But not disappointed in the effort and not disappointed in the execution. Sometimes the other guy is better, and Georgia State was better last night. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Um, nobody was expecting them to get to the championship game. Coaches were. I'm, I'm talking about No, no, no. Let's go back. When the coaches poll came out, who was pick number one? Oh, before the season, sure. Yeah. One and two played last night. That's no, exactly I, right. I, I know preseason was. I just mean heading into the tournament, right? It was Georgia I mean, the Cajuns were the highest seed ever to be in the in, in the championship game. Um But if you watched the games, it wasn't like, oh well, this is fluky. You know what I mean? Like right. there's 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 when you say, well, no one expected them to be there, and here they are, that's true. And also, if you watch the games, you could tell it wasn't sort of luck, but um would have been nice if they could have punched that sure. chicken. And they were so they sure. were they were so close. And obviously with what what's what Coach Marlin's going through, and I know a lot of people have questions about his future, all that stuff, it was like you're right here on the doorstep. And uh and they came up too short. Yeah, and Dave Cohen. Uh, does the radio for Georgia State, and Dave is one of those guys who, who lucked into. Well, I'm not going to say lucked, but he, but he wound up getting a gig when he was 19 years old. Okay, 19. Dave Cohen is not yet 60, but he he's wrapping up his 39th season doing Georgia State basketball. Holy cow! Dave's been around a long time. He's the biggest Kiss fan that I know. He's seen Kiss like 40 something times in concert. But we talked. Um, after both of the regular season games. And we talked before this game. And 
he said every time, he said there are eight teams that can win this tournament. And he named them. And they happened to turned out, and we didn't know it at the time when we first, but they turned out to be the top eight seeds. We named them, and they turned out to be the top eight seeds. And he was right. Eight teams could have won that turn. You could make a case for all of them. Um, but Georgia State starts four COVID seniors. They've, um, you know, they, they've won now three of the last four tournaments. So they were battle tested. And uh, before the tournament started, I said, you know what? It's going to go through Atlanta again. You know, it, it, you got it. You're going to have to beat Georgia State if you're going to win this thing. Uh, and they were able to go ahead uh, and get through it. I, I think this, uh, I was heartened by a couple of things I saw last night. And one of them was the attendance for the finals. Now, I don't know what they announced, okay? And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, man, they had a ton of people there. No, no. But I've seen championship games where you had like 800 people in the stands. Right. It, it, it would be at a host site for a school that was eliminated. Or it would be at a neutral site and nobody cared. Um, and that's not what happened in Pensacola? No. What happened is if you're going to play on a neutral site, I've been saying this and saying that nobody listens to me, but that's okay. What's that? I can't hear you. If you're going to play at a neutral site, about a third of your attendance needs to be local folks who don't have a dog in the hunt. The local folks turned out, and this is in year two of a five-year deal. Hopefully, those folks that went said, you know what, this is entertaining. They're going to tell people who are going to tell people who are going to tell people. And maybe finally, they can grow the tournament to the point where this is where it needs to be. I thought, I thought they took a very big step in that direction with the attendance on this. So I'm, um, I, was, I was heartened uh, by that. And, and let me tell you something. You know, Pensacola is a nice city. And if the weather's good and you're staying on the beach, it's a really nice city. Um, I, I, was, I, was, I was heartened by that. I'm heartened about the future of the tournament in Pensacola. I, I, I liked what I saw. How do you feel about the future of Cajun basketball? Well, you know, thank you to Dugay for the three years that he gave the program. Um, Dew is one of the one of the nicest guys I've ever covered. Um, he's a brilliant young man, speaks five languages, uh, always had a smile on his face. I never saw a day, I never said hello to Dew in the three years that he was here without him having a big grin on his face. Um, and, and I appreciate the contributions that he made. But that's it, dude. That's the only senior you got. And um, so what's the future? We'll see. The portal is what the portal is. And I can tell you this. You've got a very good chance if Bob Marlin is the head coach next year. You've got a very good chance of the portal being pretty much inactive with maybe a few exceptions of guys who maybe don't fit into the future plans anyway. If you make the decision the other way, you're starting over. I said this last hour. In college hoops, guys really don't coach on the last year of a contract. It's 
usually extended or right. you, you don't make it through. That's just how it is, which I always, whenever someone's like, oh, well, the coach didn't honor their contract. It's like in, in college sports, coaches never go through a whole contract. It's just the nature of the business. Because if you're in the final year, other schools are like, oh, well, you know, we recruit against you. They're not going to be there. What's the deal? I mean, it's part. And, and you could say, well, agents, have, whatever you want to say of how it got to that point, that's where it is. So a decision has to be made. You feel like the last few days would change that at all? Or is this more of an overall whoever makes the decision one way or another? You know, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, there are only two people that are going to make the decision. It's going to be Joe Savo and Brian Maggard. I haven't talked to either one of them. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, I do know that since 2018, they've slipped record-wise just a little bit. But even with that, Georgia State is the winningest program in the Sun Belt since 2014. The Cajuns are second. Second, okay? Let's stop acting like this program is in the pits because it's not. Now, there are going to be some folks that say, yeah, but I think we need to make a change. And that's fine. That's fine. The way you feel is the way you feel, and I'm not going to try to change that. Um, I think it gets blown out of proportion a little bit because of the Internet. Um, and at the same time, you know, I get the fact that, you know, there sure. are. I mean, I, I, I see. No, look, I, I totally get where you come from with, and you know how I feel about Bob. By sure. We all where, feel that I, way about I, Bob. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from as far as like, um, let's look at the reality and the numbers since 2014. I get it. Uh, it's, it's, if a guy's in year three or four or five, it's different than when they're in 12. And I think that part of it from some of the fan base, like that, that's another element to add into it. Don't act like if that's, if that's a part of the reasoning, throw that into the context. Don't say, well, the team is, is at the bottom of the Sunbelt. Cause that's no, not true. It's not, it's not even close. I, and you know, today, in the society that we live in with fans the way they are, most of them don't want a coach hanging around more than five, six years. They don't. Well, At the end of that time, you, you, they, let me tell you, okay, the Cajuns were 13-1 and one this past year. If Billy Napier were still here and they went 9-3 and three next year, there would be folks questioning whether or not it's time to move on, okay? That's what fans do. That's what today's fans do because they want it. They want it now and they want it consistently. And, and it's not just in sports. I mean, it's, it's in life. It's in, in society. It's the way things are. So I, I get how some people feel. And like I said, I think it's been blown out of proportion a little bit because of the internet, but you know, you're dealing with a man here who not only has won the second most games in the Sunbelt Conference, you know, in the last eight years, but he brings good kids in the program. You don't read about them in the newspaper for the wrong reasons. They graduate. GPA, uh, out of the last 12 GPAs, 11 of them have come under Bob Marlin and his staff. He still checks an awful lot of Brian Maggard's boxes, Is I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, you know, I, I, I think that whatever decision is made, I'm going to say I support the decision because I support Dr. Savoy and I support Dr. Maggard. Um, but I, 
and Brian Maggard is not is not a stupid man. Okay, Brian Maggard is a brilliant man, and all of the things that I've said this morning, he knows and is going to take into consideration. I do believe that it should be noted that this team played pretty good basketball down the stretch. And, uh, you know, they they won, what, six of their last eight games, and the two losses are to Georgia State. They beat two teams in the tournament that won 20 games this year. So there's, that is going to be part of the consideration when they evaluate the program. Now, Microwave Society, in the next two or three days, if nothing happens, fans are going to say, well, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. Now, let's understand, okay? Coach Marlin's got to go to Mississippi. He's got to bury his mother. Um, he told a couple of stories yesterday afternoon about his mom and her being a big basketball fan, mm-hmm. big college basketball fan. She was a big Mississippi State basketball fan. And, you know, a game would be on television, but she loved Jack Crystal, who was the voice at Mississippi State for about a half a century. And that she put headphones on with the radio, watching on TV. And, of course, the radio is a little bit ahead of the TV. And somebody in the room might say, you know, grand, grandchild, oh, they did it. And she'd just sit there and shake her head. No, they just turned it over, you know. Um, and he told that story yesterday, and I think he's going to tell it at the funeral. Um, so I don't even know when he and Dr. Maggard are going to sit down. It may not be till sometime next week. How, how, how was Bob yesterday? Um, you know, when I got there, they had already gone through the scouting report. They'd had their pregame meal. And he had about five or six friends that were in. And and they were just sitting and talking, and he told a few stories about his mom. Um, you know, Coach, in 12 years that I've worked with him, is always the same guy. He's the same guy before a game. He's the same guy after a game. He's the same guy when he walks into the room and sits down and has a conversation and he's the same guy when he gets up and leaves. Um, I think if you look at the postgame press conference after the win over Troy, at the end of the press conference, he was asked about the last 24 hours mm-hmm. and he started to get emotional. Theo Akuba and uh, Greg Williams were sitting on either side of him. They put a hand on his shoulder and that made it worse. Um, man lost his mother. He's hurting, but he's not going to let you know that. It was the, well, it, it, I played that sound yesterday a good bit. That's, uh, that's as emotional as I've ever seen him, but obviously so, you know, it, it, that's a lot. That's a lot to go through, go through in a short period of time. And this is what he said. <sighs> just been really uh emotional and uh you know trying to get home we we think we got two hours sleep last night and uh drove six hours and to to be with my mother uh yesterday was my birthday also so a lot of things going on and the the team knew a lot of people didn't know but 
you know, we were able to get there and see her. And my mother was a uh, four-year letterman or letter woman in uh, high school, and she loved basketball. And she would have wanted me to be here today, and I, I can feel her strength. I can promise you that, and I think our guys do too. So it's been a hard day. Uh, I told the coaches, make sure they watch this game because I'm going to go get some rest. And when you're emotionally exhausted too, it everything that that went over Troy and the fact that he was there that was that was something, man, because that was not easy for him to get there. I think it was. Um, I think it was great that he got there in time, and and he got a chance to be with her. And you know, we um, coach and I have some things in common. I lost my mother on my birthday, okay, a year and a half ago. And um, I I don't know, past midnight, was it on his birthday or not on his birthday? It doesn't matter. Um, It it makes for strange time, it just does. So I'm going to be uh, in prayer for him uh, and his family that they they take Miss Lila and layer to rest and that um, he's surrounded by people who love him. And um, then, you know, he'll come back to town and, and I know in his own mind, start planning for next year. Just a reminder, there's certain things bigger than sports, you know. I mean, even if they hadn't beat Troy, I mean, that they did, it was cool, but that's not, that's not what's important. And uh, and he's going to handle that and take care of it and deal with it and go through it and definitely thinking about him as well. And um, they came up just short last night, season in 16 and 15, the uh, the final record for Louisiana in the 2021-2022 season. March Madness coming your way next week. As busy as you've been, what if we just play a TTT classic today? Cool. Does that work for you? Yeah. We're going to do that when we come back. Also, I kind of missed you yesterday talking about Coach K's last game at Cameron. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that as well. Cool. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott. That is Jay Walker, voice of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. We'll talk a little baseball, too. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette Studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Easy. Easy to use, user-friendly, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at Bet Rivers. The biggest names in sports are talking to you every day on the Rich Eisen Show with me, Rich Eisen. I know! Every weekday from noon to 3, right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. All right, welcome back in. It's time for a terrible Tune. Tuesday Going to play a TTT Hall what? of Famer. A Hall of Fame song. We have we got our TTT Hall of, of Fame. Terrible Tune Tuesday. I'm sorry. I, I, I interrupted you as I do way too often. Do it again. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> a Terrible Tune Hall of Fame vault or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, One of the first songs I ever played, the J at the time had never heard and got really excited about how bad it was. And has referenced it quite a bit. And has now heard it in other places on occasion. 
if you're playing what I think you're going to play, it would have been the song that I suggested you play today. Well, you changed, you know, one letter in the, the name of this song, and then I'd be saying Gazuntike. Not a chew, Agadoo by Black Lace, 1981, I think. 83. 83. So you, you went, like, after you heard this, you went and had to research this, I did. Jim. I did. Known uh, as one of the worst songs of all time, all over the world. And you will still hear it on the radio from time to time. On TTT, a Hall of Fame TTT day, here is Agadoo by Black Lace. That was for you, Jay Walker. Thank you, honey. If Casey Kasem was still alive, I would, I would put in one of those write-in requests. This one goes out. Here's, 
Here's a long-distance request. Zoinks. Uh, um, all right, that's TTT. We're going to take. We're gonna be back in three minutes. Quick timeout. We'll come back. We will hit on a Cajun baseball currently scheduled to play at La Tech tonight. Going to get into Coach K's final game at Cameron and why I just felt like when he got on the mic at the end of it, it was so Coach K and so Duke and so funny. So funny. Can't wait. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott. That's Jay. This is ESPN Lafayette. Before we hit into the break, though, Patty in the Park is nine days away. St. Patty's Day, March 17th. Sponsored by Bud Light Next and Go Auto Insurance. Clay Cormier and Wayne Toops. Awesome. And and um, I get paid to do the wild thing. Tone Loke. Tone Loke, man. Fucking Cole Medina. Woo. Quad City DJs come and ride the train. Rob Bass, it takes two to make a thing go right. All playing at Patty in the Park. Get your tickets now at eventdropright.com or any Legends location. $20 now. Do it. Wait till the day of it. It'll cost you $25. Get them now. It's going to be awesome. It's been a few years since we've had Patty in the Park. Can't wait. Tremendous lineup. And uh, kids 12 and under get in free. Gates open at 5. Music starts at 5.30. It is going to be Lit. An absolute light. Yes, there's Jay's favorite word, lit. When we come back, they were hoping Cameron would be lit on Saturday, but um, North Carolina lit the match and blew up their party. We'll discuss that. Little cage of baseball as well. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on the Rich Eisen Show. ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott. That is the man, Jay Walker. Hi. Currently scheduled to uh, call the action tonight in Ruston, Louisiana, against Louisiana Tech, who was ranked in the top 25 not too long ago. This is the forecast in Ruston. 100% chance of rain. And I think the high is going to be like 44 Maybe they'll play. Maybe they won't. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. In the meantime, that Southern Miss series. I asked Coach Deggs yesterday, and I I said, "Look, man, I've talked to you for over two years now. I've never asked you about umpiring." And he kind of referenced it briefly. I said, "How did you feel about you know the umpiring over the weekend?" and he said, I don't want to say much because I don't, I don't want to get fined. He said, I'll say this, you know, we discussed some things and things have been changed. And that's all he would, you know, that's all he would say. And I, how bad was it? Was it, was it as bad as what social media is making out to be? Was it, was it that big of a story? I mean, I know what happened Saturday. I saw it. I saw the check swing, but just overall. I made the comment during one of the games. And people can read into this whatever they like. There was a a play at second base. 
And um, I think Tyler Robertson had hit a ground ball in the hole. Shortstop made a play through to second. Close play. Out. Now, slow motion replay showed that they missed the call. That happens. But I made the comp because Brad said, bang, bang, play, blood. And I said, why does it always seem in this ballpark that every close call goes against the Cajuns? And that's what I believe. So I don't think what happened over the weekend is just something that happened over the weekend. I think what happened over the weekend was a culmination of a lot of things that have happened over the weekend for the last several years. You see the same names on there a lot. Like, how how does the pool? How does it work? I know you umpired years ago. Uh, I don't know. People ask me. I'm like, I don't. I don't know the back. I don't, I don't know. You know, a couple of these guys, um, when Sunbelt Conference play begins, will be umpiring around the league. Um, they won't be probably umpiring Cajun games, but they'll be they'll be umpiring around the league. Um, all of the guys that umpire midweek games and non-conference games uh, and non-conference weekends are all guys, I'm not going to say local, they don't all live in Lafayette, some of them do. Uh, but they're, they're all regional, I guess, is a good way to put it. And they've been going out there for a long time. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know that this just didn't happen over the weekend. I can guarantee you that. 45 after the hour. ESPN Lafayette best. Now, I, I, I will say this. You know, you've got a guy. You know, I believe, okay, I believe that the umpires that we have, they want to get it right. And I, I, I do believe if they're worth their salt, and I believe in a lot of cases they are, that they go back, they're going to look at, they're going to look at film, they're going to look at video, they're going to make sure they're in the right position, they're going to see... And if they do get it wrong, I'm, I'm sure that they don't like the fact that they got it wrong. All right, now I believe that. But you know, when Matt Deggs got thrown out in Saturday's game, there was a check swing. Now, there had already been a couple calls that have gone against him, okay? There's a check swing that Stevie Wonder could have made a call it was, on. It was, the, the kid started to walk away. Like he had struck and, out. And it's one that the home plate umpire should have made. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had to have blinked. How can, how can you not see it? And then he goes to third base for the appeal. And the only thing that I can say is he wasn't paying attention. Because there's no way. There's no way that he could look at that and say, no, he didn't swing. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't paying attention. Um, that got... That was, you know, that was the straw. Coach Deggs came out, got tossed. Um, the next day, again, I don't know anything that might have been said. I, I do know this. The umpires did not do their normal rotation. The same four were there, but they were distributed differently. I know that. That's a fact. Here's another fact. They had the meeting at home plate. Matt Deggs didn't shake hands with any of them. So it wasn't over with Saturday after the game. Those are the two things that I know. Other than that, 
Everything else is speculation. And, um, but it, it just didn't start Saturday. I'm, I'm just here to tell you that this, I'm going to bet you that if we were to sit down, no microphones around, and just talk to Coach Deggs, he's going to tell you it goes all the way back to when he was here the first time. Interesting. ESPN Lafayette. And I will say, and I'll say one more thing. From a report that I got that I have not tried to confirm, but I I don't question it, that one of the umpires was getting heckled and um, and turned and cursed the people who heckled him. Now, you don't get to do that and keep your job. I'm sorry. As an umpire, you can't respond. You can't go tell somebody what was allegedly said. Can't do it. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what I'll be interested to see? I'll be interested to see the rest of the season because the Cajuns have got one more home weekend series non-conference and they have several home non-conference games. I'm going to see if any of those guys are conspicuous by their absence. Do do some sleuth work. Yeah, I yeah. and 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 you know what? I don't have any money in my wallet, but I got a credit card. And I'll bet you the limit on this credit card, all $3.25, that uh, there are going to be some guys who will be conspicuous by their absence, not only the rest of this season, but maybe in the future as well. Interesting. Okay. Interesting stuff there. I'm Scott. That is Jay. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Before you go, Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor. Talked about it yesterday for a stretch. Said, look, if you love Duke, you loved everything except the result. If you hate Duke, you loved all of it because it only further proved the points you've been making for many, many years. So, Jay, Coach Cade announced back in June that this was going to be his last season, and he wanted to make that announcement so that, <clears throat> sorry, so that it wouldn't be a distraction, <laughs> right? Focus on the kids. Yeah. How did Roy Williams retire? He retired at the end of the season and just, just said, it's a look, I'm stepping down. Yeah. And uh, somebody yeah. else is going to take over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there was a f- quite a farewell tour throughout this regular season for Coach K, was there? Not everywhere he went, with the exception of Chapel Hill, had some nice gifts for him. Yeah, some parting gifts. And he will. said nice words, and then he would say, but I, I don't, you know, I, I, it's really just about basketball. I don't really like this. For the guy who announced in June that he was going to retire and didn't want it to be a distraction. Right. And then there were reports that perhaps Duke was salty that Chapel Hill did not honor him. Yeah. When he was there. Um, Then ESPN dedicated six broadcasts to his last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Where there were over 100 prestigious alum. 
where students camped out in the freezing cold of Durham for their chance to tickets where the secondary market tickets were going for six grand to be in there for a game against a rival that they beat by 20 earlier this year that they were 11-point favorite against that they lost by 13 to. They named a bench after him. They'd already named the court after him. Um, and then after the game, when he got on the mic, he shushed the students. He told them to stop. Scolded them a little bit. There were so, and then and then the, the beginning part of the broadcast, they didn't get to go to it right away on the big ESPN networks because the Kansas game was going too long. Right. Nice blue blood, Kansas. Um, again, if you were watching on ESPN, the coverage was all. It was it was praise of Coach K, who I I could say with a serious face is one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. I I don't deny that. I never have. You go online and you see the reaction. It's a little it's a little different, a little more critical of yeah. Remember all those times Coach K did this and was praised for it instead of scolded. Remember this? Remember, remember when he when he called out the opposing player in the handshake line for scoring late in the game and then lied about it afterwards and then audio proved that the player actually was telling the truth and then he didn't apologize? Like, yeah. Well, well, no, he's just he's just looking out for the betterment of the game. The kids in the Sesame Street outfits just crying tears because he lost. I mean, there again, if you're looking at it through Duke glasses, it was that's what it's all about. It's college bet. It's a shame he lost the last because it was all about. You're looking at it through other glasses, which Duke is like the Yankees or the Lakers or the Cowboys. You either love them or hate them. Then you enjoyed every second of it. I, for one, and Duke might still go even win it all this year. I don't even deny that. They might. They might. They, they might win it all. I am going to miss Coach K because, man, was he fun for college basketball and the things that I enjoyed pointing out of. This is a little hypocritical. I'm going to miss that, Jay. What are you going to miss about Coach K? And I know I kind of rambled way too long, but I'm sure there were aspects of that thing Saturday, which I know you were working, and and I, I didn't even I didn't even watch the whole thing, but I I kind of went back and reviewed okay. it all. What are your I, thoughts? I um I had a two o'clock game, okay, so I was home in time. Um, it was on in the living room. I went into the man cave, slid the door closed, and um watched the Sunbelt quarterfinal between um, Arkansas State and Georgia State. I came out and looked at the screen, and there were like two minutes left, and North Carolina was up by. And I said, well, look at this. Now, understand, I was not rooting against Duke. I've told the story many times about the day I chose my blue, and I am a North Carolina fan always and will continue to be even after Coach K is gone. But I'm a North Carolina fan when those two teams play. Um, And then I came out again and the athletic director was talking and then Coach K went up and hugged her. That's all I saw of it because I really didn't want to see it. I I don't want to look at all that. So you just go on Twitter and enjoy enjoy it that way. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he, there's no questioning the man's coaching ability. There's no questioning it. There are five national titles. But, you know, I, I, 
I had him pegged years ago because he's the only coach that for years and years and years, when it's time to talk to the coach at halftime, he sends an assistant. Everybody else talks. He doesn't, and he hasn't for years, and I pegged him back then. You too good for this, coach? You too good for these folks? Well, the national cameras are on. Boy, he talks a lot, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. All we've ever said about Duke, you and I, and it's one of the things we've agreed on, is that there is a hypocrisy there in the coverage and and in Coach K. We never suggested he wasn't good, but and, and I think more people have come around. But when we were when we were pointing this out fifteen years ago, I mean, you remember we get all kind of emails. Oh yeah, and, and it was <laughs> the emails were shame on both of you. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. He does everything the right way. Like, yeah. why are you making jokes about him? First of all, of course, it would be a Duke fan that would say shame on you, like scolding us like we're children, because that's what Coach K does to everyone. Um, a lot of players played for him, and they love him. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I, I'm going to miss him being in college basketball because it, it – I, I don't know much – I remember John Shire, the player. Like, it was – it's not going to be as fun to root against Duke without Coach K there. I have a brother-in-law that graduated from Duke. He is a hardcore Duke fan. I have two very close friends that love Duke basketball. And going back and forth with them, like it just, it's it's not going to be the same without Coach K there, man. I, I'm gonna, I agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss the dude. I agree. I'm going to miss the dude. What's your favorite Coach K moment of all time? You know, I still go back to that damn American Express commercial. I don't think of myself as a as a coach. As a coach, I think my of myself as a teacher who happens to be a coach. You know, a thirty second free recruiting commercial for American Express. I wanted to vomit the first time I saw it, and and every time I think about the the history of of that program, that's what always comes back to me is that American Express commercial. On that note, you mentioned a credit card earlier. We'll end on a credit card reference again. Stay tuned, everybody. The Dan Patrick Show comes your way next. Anthony Babineau will be in with me tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hours. He does throughout the season. Hell's Grizz tonight. We'll dig into that a little bit. Can't wait. In the meantime, this is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.